Welcome to InterVR, the podcast where we talk about all things virtual reality. I am Chris Miranda, your host. And on today, I have Scott. The uh, uh, He goes by Dr3D, um, and he's the creator of uh, a really cool 3D viewer for 7-inch uh, tablets, um, and tablets in general, depending how you look at it. Uh, first of all, thanks for coming on the show, Scott. Hey, Chris. I'm excited to be here with you. Awesome. And you're also, and so you're also the founder of Yay3D, which is the company making uh, this really cool viewer. That's right. Yep. So, so tell me about your background. Um, where, where do you, uh, what did you, what did you study? How do you, how do you wound up uh, creating a, a viewer, a 3D viewer for tablets? Well, I don't know exactly how far you want to go back, but I, I guess I'd probably start uh, if you, if you're talking about the. Um, stuff in the VR realm. Um, I, probably about six or seven, eight years ago, I was uh, got excited and bought one of those. Uh, it was a HMD at the time called an Imagine Z8000 head-mounted display. It had uh, OLED displays per eye, and it was uh, pretty exciting. You could run around in Unreal Tournament and turn your head, and it even had 3D audio. And I got real excited and turned on by the potential of what I was looking at. And although it cost an arm and a leg and I finally was able to get rid of it on eBay, I sort of never lost the excitement for that, uh, for that time. And, um, uh, so I, I uh, at that point in time, I was uh, fortunate enough to be able to think about and start, uh, I had a little company back then and I explored, uh, sort of virtual online environments. I get involved with the idea of online shopping and commerce and the potential of virtual merchandising as applied to spaces that you could walk around and travel in. So it's just, uh, I guess I'd say it, it, it's been a, sort of a constant thread that I've been involved in over the, over the years. Very cool. So uh, it, it, as far as what, what, what I'm doing with Yay3D, uh, the way I got involved with that was, uh, like everybody else, I got excited by the Oculus Rift, and I got in line to get one last year. And uh, when I was waiting, I, I guess I sat around and did you know, what, uh, what a lot of people did. I went and looked on YouTube, and I saw all these great Oculus videos, and I was itching to take a look and see what this is all about. And I had this uh, Nexus, uh, you know, the new Nexus high-def tablet. And it, it seems innocent enough. You just take a couple of lenses from uh, a magnifier and hold them up, and you go, wow, this can't be a new idea. And you go hunting online, and, and the search begins to figure out how to build something like this. So well, that's the beginning of the story of it anyways. Nice. So they're at... at so is there anything else out there? Uh, to my knowledge, I haven't been able to see anything out there that uh, has uh, adapted a 3D vision to, to tablets. Is it the, did you, the, are you aware of anything else? No, I haven't come across anything for tablets. There's, a, there's four or five uh, fairly well-known uh, entries for smartphones. Um, and uh, so I think that area is sort of pretty well covered, but I think that the, uh, I just see the sort of a greater potential for, to my, to my eyes, and I'm talking about literally, there's much more of a screen that you can fill up with the seven inch tablet. And furthermore, it's a form factor I can target directly and make something that fits precisely. And so the idea really at the beginning was to create a, a viewer principally of Oculus content. I think there's opportunities there. This is going to be a lot of material that doesn't necessarily require sort of, uh, you know, head tracking and the full immersiveness, let's say, but where, you know, uh, sort of more uh, casual consumption of, uh, of uh, uh, VR content, you know. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. And so what was your, uh, at what point, like, what, what was your inspiration to, to come up with this in the first place? Is Did, did you take it from a, a page out of a, a, a science fiction book or something that you, you know, encountered in your past? Or, or was this, where did it come from? You mean the idea of attaching the, the lenses to yeah. the tablet? Yeah. Well, like I said, when I, uh, uh, when I was looking at this uh, You'd go to YouTube, and I basically had a couple of magnifiers held up to my eyes, and you'd move in and out, and you'd figure out, oh, there's a perfect distance here that these lenses work, but uh, 
I think there might be an opportunity to find better lenses. And really, the the main two problems were coming up with a with a means of precisely positioning the lenses with respect to the tablet surface. And I kind of came up immediately with the idea in my mind and almost simultaneously discovered I really needed to get into 3D printing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I've been intrigued by the 3D printing stuff before, but I didn't find or have a reason to necessarily invest in any of it. But kind of it all came together in one point and I said, aha, I think I can make this out of pretty, uh, you know, easy to uh, shape plastic and... uh, and then the other problem was coming up with the lenses. It was a matter of uh, doing what most people do when they come up with these uh, do-it-yourself solutions is to try all the different lenses that are on eBay of various magnifications. You mm-hmm. discover that a lot of vendors uh, sell things and claim they're of eight power magnification. It's just way off. You can spend all your day, all your time trying to get your money back for <laughs> the way things mis- mislabeled, but I, I went through dozens of lenses mm-hmm. before I finally found something was I really got excited about. So I think that the ability to manufacture this uh, kind of easily and uh, the quality of the optics makes for, I think, a pretty uh, nice little product. Yeah, no, I, I've been having a lot of fun with the lenses themselves. Like, I've been uh, checking out my fingerprint and looking at, like, because they're really, really, really good at magnifying things. <laughs> yeah, and, and just, yeah, just playing with the 3D viewer itself, it's been it's been really fun, too. Like, uh, checking out uh, YouTube videos with, with that much more real estate, uh, screen real estate, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, right. What is your future? What 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 are your future visions for this product? Uh, what would you, what what do you hope to uh, add or or, or um, you know uh, could contribute to get, making it better in the future? Well, there's a couple of different things I I want to try to do. I think um, right now I'm I'm offering I'm selling this uh, uh, viewer that's made specifically specifically for the Nexus Seven 2013 model, but. It just so happens because of dimensions that it fits pretty nicely any model of Nexus as well as an iPad mini. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what there's out there now. And I'm, I've got now, um, I'm probably going to set it up on the, uh, is available tonight or tomorrow in a, a version for iPad, full iPad. Uh, and the way it works is it can attaches the iPad in a portrait orientation. So if you, for example, go on and play YouTube on your iPad, you have a playlist, you know, that op- occupies the bottom half of the screen on the YouTube app, and the top half is a is a orientation that is almost the same as a seven inch tablet. So it works uh, works out really nice. It, it's a little odd for you to hold a, a full uh, tablet up to your face, but if people are going to take pictures with the thing, then don't do any kind of odd thing with it. So <laughs> that's a good <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, because for a while I was having a that weird uh, dis- disconnect with 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 having to hold it up to my face. And sure. then you're right. That's a good that's a good point. People still take pictures with their tablets. <laughs> um, right. Are you are, are you uh, thinking of having a, a solution to uh, a, a hands free solution eventually, or is or is this just gonna be uh, like hold it to your to your eyes, sort of. Well, I think yeah. I think what I've. Um, I mean, I guess my my uh, medium length answer to that is I. I although there are uh, games and applications you can play that run on Android, I think that uh, if you strap an Android tablet to your head or an Android phone to your head today, I don't think it's going to be a completely satisfying experience because of just the latency problems, and um, I think I'd rather offer people an ability to kind of leap out of any kind of immersive vertigo uh, rather than be yanking. I mean, I've had, I've seen people yank uh, the, the rift off their head just because they get, they lose it as far as uh, certain latency problems. Mm-hmm. So this way it's kind of a casual introduction is the way I'm looking at it, but I am, you know, I've got some new equipment and I'm looking at potentially doing a, a kind of a head mounted, thing maybe for a phone because I think that form factor is possibly a little nicer to work with but uh, you know as far as future uh, ideas for this I think that uh, I'd really like ultimately to be able to come up with a way to make this sleeker 
more compact, possibly hit a larger range of, uh, of tablet types with one product. And, uh, and like I say, I think I, I really ideally would like to have one make something in greater quantities that costs a lot less money and was just available out there easily for people to have, you know, because mm -hmm. I think that there's going to just be more and more uh, consumption of this stuff. And I think that there's, I think people are going to find that they are going to want to be able to look at VR kind of on the side, you know, pick it up and look into the window of it, move your head around potential even, and then put it back on their desk and continue with what they're doing. You know, this, uh, I just sort of imagine and can picture a use for that. Mm. Yeah, that was yeah, walk me through some through through some uh, practical uses of, of of being able to do that. Like how in what sort of setting uh, would I would I need to uh, quick change between VR and regular mode? Um, when I got, I guess what I'd say when I got my Rift, one of the things I noticed, I did try to, I did write a little bit of. Um, software for it using you know unity and messing around seeing what i could build and in the course of developing code it gets to be slightly tedious and i wear glasses as well so it doesn't improve the problem of putting the headset on and you know experiencing what you've done and then pulling it off and tweaking code and maybe single stepping and debugging and you know yanking your head in and out of the of the display i could imagine a workflow where uh it's good enough that I pick up something, hold it to my eyes, look around. Uh, you know, it may not be optimal with respect to the control mechanisms, but something where I'm not, you know, there's a, there's a problem having to strap in while you're trying to develop code. So that's maybe one, you know, answer to that question, I mm -hmm. guess. What, uh, what potential value does, does having 3d, uh, you know, just for the you know casual user, what how, how do you what do you what do you say to people that that say like what why why do I need this? You know what what does having three D three D add to my experience? How how do you respond to that question? Well, I think that um, I think that's a hard question to answer. I think a lot of people are sort of running around trying to come up with the right correct answer for that. I think that the uh, I think that the it, it, sort of immediate benefits I can picture are uh, ideas like uh, telepresence, telecommuting. I think entertainment has a lot of potential in this area, mm -hmm. just sort of more, more immersive entertainment. Not to mention, you know, the games. I'm, I'm just I'm talking a little bit outside of the realm of games, but uh, mm -hmm. you know. And then again, you know, my own personal interests are things like I say, uh, this immerse. I think shopping and other, and I also think there are applications in the area of person-to-person uh, -person kinds of uh, uh, involvement, like, uh, you know, for healthcare solutions, possibly. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's just kind of, you can kind of explore in every kind of direction and find ways that this might enhance uh, the way people are doing things, you know. Yeah, there was, uh, for example, H Howard Rose from First Hand, he was developing an HMD, he is developing an HMD um, where it's not head-mounted, it's 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 sort of, uh, it's a different setup, but it uses, uh, it, it uses 3D uh, because what he, what he was uh, using it for was to treat uh, victims of burn wounds, and, and so people who have burn wounds in their, on, on their head, you know, and anywhere in their head, wouldn't feel comfortable. I mean, they would feel pain if they had an HMD uh, strapped to their heads. So, so yeah, in, in that sense, I can see having uh, something that isn't, you know, strapped to your head uh, being viable for people in, in that sort of setting. Um, yeah. So there's definitely there's definitely value uh, in 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 figuring out how uh, this can be implemented out you know in, in outside of the box kind of ways as well, yeah. Well, I just I think what I wanted to do is I didn't want to try to com completely solve the problem. I think that the you know I think that it's a fun gadget for what it is, and it it's given me a chance to really uh, take some feedback and think about what might be um, the next sensible thing to do. I mean I. You know, I have a I have a version that does work as a small phone that looks it looks just like the one you have, but it's been scaled down to fit a phone. Mm -hmm. And basically, I, I I strapped it to a baseball cap, and that kind of works as a head-mounted display. Mm -hmm. Surprise! In in the most casual way. 
Yeah, no. How do you so at that point? How will you compete with, uh, or do you even plan to compete with, with devices such as the Duravis Dive or the VR Ace? I wonder if they're still around. Um, uh, and and Game Face, like you know, is that even something that you're thinking about at this point? Well, no. I think that um, you know most. I believe that the ones that you've all you've mentioned really are kind of going more for head mounted. Uh, uses and are uh, sort of geared towards certainly the DuroViz is geared to the applications there's a just dozens of applications meant meant for that device now i've not actually looked at it but if all those games are playing properly on that on that viewer then it's it's optics are quite different than what's in the oculus and mm -hmm. so you know, I don't. I don't know if you've noticed. If you don't do some of those games with the tablet using my the lenses that that uh, come with the uh, VR viewer, there's there's edge distortion because it's doing the warping that would normally be there for you know if it was properly warped for that lens, oh. the curvature, right? And so there's really two sets of content you'll get right now on the tablets. Is certainly all the Oculus. Uh, you know, pincushion-shaped left and right eye movies. And then there's the whole set of just split pane left and right eye, which is not as... It doesn't play back as well on the viewer because, like I say, it's oriented to the warped image of the Oculus. Yeah. How, how much research did you put into the lenses? Because I, I find them to be really, really cool. Yeah, I, I like I say, there was a, I really agonized over the lenses. I would say around about... It was funny. Around about Christmas, I was pretty sure I had a design that I was ready to send out to people. And in fact, I did send a couple out. And then I just, I, you know, I'm my own worst critic. I kept staring through the lenses and I said, this just really sucks. <laughs> I'm simply not happy with it for a lot of reasons. And I called back in and I said, forget it. I got to do more research. And I, I really hunted uh, in a lot of places. I uh, learned about Alibaba and how you <laughs> go and find people who make things for you. In any event, uh, I've, I did finally find a place that could get me these lenses that I'd specified. And uh, they're, they're a nice, uh, big, uh, aspheric design, which uh, I think gives really nice... The, what, what I like about it is, in the case of the, the DK1 at least, you really do have to have your eyeball pretty close up to the lens to really get the FOV, you know what I mean, To so that you can swing your eye left to right. Mm -hmm. Your eyelashes are practically brushing that lens. In this case here, because it's kind of more of a casual user, I, I, a viewer, I don't really expect you to squash your face up to it, and yet because of the large uh, aperture, let's call it, of the lens, you still get a pretty wide field of view so you'll notice when you put it up to your you don't have to get that close and it's kind of like a picture box you look in there and you can you know look around in all directions it's it's um i think i think it's a nice i'm really happy with the lens and its focal length the fact that it's more compact than i previously had it so yeah uh, same here i I, I gotta commend you on that because these lenses are pretty amazing um so you know what is what has been the feedback so far that you've been getting from your from from people who've tried it out thus far? I saw by the way the the uh, review from the Reverend Kyle, um, very yeah. thorough, very very good review by the way. If if you guys anybody listening wants to check it out, um, it's on the yay3d.com website, um, right. and uh, also off of Reverend Kyle's YouTube channel. So check check that one out. But yeah, you know what what has been the general feedback th thus far of the. So you know, I've gotten fairly positive feedback. I think that uh, uh, the, the, any criticism I've gotten is in probably where people were expecting too much out of what it is. It's it's not in any sense meant to be competitive in any way you know, that I can imagine with a true head-mounted, uh, low-latency, highly immersive solution. It really is if you will, I'm, I'm fishing around the edges, I think, of what's going to be a growing world of VR content, and I think that there, it's really nothing more than what it is, a viewer of VR content. Uh, the, as far as feedback, uh, pretty positive. I've been to a, uh, a couple of meetups and have gotten really good feedback there. In fact, that's what really prompted me to kind of move forward with this maybe more quickly than I was 
cautiously proceeding a, a month or two ago. But uh, it's been good. You know, I've been happy so far. What has been the uh, what's been the impact for you in terms of using the 3D printers to to be able to put this out? I mean, was that was that something that you from the get go wanted to do, or, or did you stumble upon it? Well, I I, I guess I had. I don't know how every any other. I can't speak for other people as far as how they get into 3D printing. In my case, it was driven by a singular purpose, and and uh, so I, you know, part of the decision making early on was, for example, I didn't want to make this another hobby. I got a printer that was just built already and would do the job for me, and um, you know, I had enough as it was to really sort of begin with point zero on trying to figure out how to take something that was in my head and get it into a piece of plastic. So it was quite of a kind of a quick learning curve as to, you know, first uh, learn, understanding the tools where you model shapes and then understanding how you mess with plastic and it's, it's odd behavior in circumstances and the shrinkage. And uh, I mean, it, we could have another whole long podcast on just <laughs> the science of dealing with plastics, but hmm. uh, In any event, I, I, uh, I'm happy with something I can – my goal was to be able to make something the exact same way over and over again. And I, <laughs> I think I've, I really have been able to turn this into a manufactured product. So I, I guess I'm also exploring the whole beginning uh, area of, uh, of uh, small-scale manufacturing, 3D-printed manufacturing, which is uh, – Uh, you know, another sort of uh, topic area that people are getting excited about. Yeah, no, the, you, you uh, when I'm speaking to you, I feel like I'm at the convergence, I don't know if that's a word, of, of 3D printing and, and virtual reality. And these are two technologies that I think I will shape the 21st century and in, in the, the world we live in. Um, and you're an example of uh, someone who's utilizing this technology to their their benefit. And that's really cool. Um, sure. in terms of, in terms of the price point, you know, because eventually uh, my take is that virtual reality is just going to take off. Um, you know, we're, we're rarely, you know, pre consumer model. Uh, but once, you know, uh, uh, down the line, like, you know, will you be able to compete, uh, with someone who's going to put out a, a cheap Malaysian, Vietnamese, Chinese knockoff, uh, that's selling for $10? <laughs> No, I, but I mean, I hope that I can get to that place faster. I, you know, ultimately, I don't have well-formed plans for this, but I really would like to. As I mentioned, I said, I think I think the tar price point for this thing could be about half what I'm charging right now once it was manufactured and injection molded. I'm really trying to understand now what it would cost to do all that, and uh, maybe we can crowdfund this. We'll, we'll see. It, uh, it's too early to say at this point. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I think there is some. I think there potentially is a market for it. I mean, my point right now with this product is to really kind of test the waters, explore what people are interested, in, what they want, uh, whether this design in particular even works. There's certain trade-offs I had to make that I'm I'm not going to say out loud what they are, but uh, I want to see whether or not it sort of stands the test. And then, uh, you know, I, I definitely want to do something after that. After this, mm -hmm. we'll see what. <laughs> are you thinking about uh, tweaking soft with with software, or are you sticking strictly with with hardware at this point? Well, I have done I have done some software specific for this device in the area of uh, WebGL stuff. I uh, have messed around a little bit with this 3JS library, which has uh, an Oculus effects. Uh, an oculus shader in it basically mm -hmm. and uh if i tweak the uh the warp parameters there i can get it to match this lens pretty exactly but i i don't i think that you know i think there are a couple of solutions out there uh that are expecting uh you know uh, content generators to basically warp <laughs> views to their lenses and i think that it, i think I, have, i stand a better chance if i try to make the lensing and the warping on this similar to what's already out there. So, hmm. you know, as, as for example, unity and some of these other game engines start to become available with Oculus support on Android. I think that, uh, you know, I think that, uh, will adapt and accommodate that, you know, yeah. uh, 
to, to the degree that I can. But my, but to, to answer your questions, my experiments have been really in the area of what can you do in this space in in browser-based uh, WebGL canvassy kind of stuff things. Mm. So I think that's an interesting area. I think it's a it's a it's a it's a I think it's there's some potential for younger people to get involved because the browser coding is so uh, accessible. Mm -hmm. you code in JavaScript, you can start to think of your problems that way. Um, but I've explored some of that. Really cool. What is uh? I mean. I'm sure that you've sort of answered this already, but I just want to know, do you have a target audience in mind for this product when you? Well, I, I do think that, uh, I think that there's a lot of people right, out there right now who are very curious to know what, uh, what's this VR thing and what's all the hullabaloo and why so much money moving around and can they maybe get a taste of it? I think that uh, this is a potentially, particularly if you're, you know, you've got the, the tablet here, the, the uh, Nexus tablet. I think this is a really kind of cool way to, uh, to really, you can keep yourself entertained for hours with this thing, looking at the videos. I, some of the stuff I've been looking at recently, you, I've got to lean against a wall or I'll fall down staring at it because it looks really good. Nice. So uh, I think it's just for... Uh, uh, you know, in in, in uh, Rev Kyle's video, I was really pleased to hear him talk about how his kids got a lot of entertainment out of it, and uh, that's something I, I hope. Uh, I think that also too is part. You know, would be part of the audience as well. Yeah, I was I was I was thinking just uh, you know by myself thinking about this like you know who could uh, how could this uh, really really beneficial? And I thought about like how uh, I don't know our architects or our professionals who who need to visualize um so certain forms of data like you know like like blue you know architectural blueprints and 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 perhaps you could have it you know attached to your tablet and and be able to get a better sense of the depth of field inside of the thing that you're creating um yep. yeah so so there's definitely i can see like you know people can make this their own and, and figure out how to uh, utilize it for their own benefit for sure yeah yeah, I think what we're talking about too is, I mean, this is a sort of an ever-changing, evolving world. I think that ultimately, you know, in in my mind, the kinds of uh, ubiquitous uh, VR head-mounted displays that people talk about are going to probably be easy to put on, easy to take off, visory kinds of things. In in my view, or else, really, you can have a problem with adoption. But I think that, uh, you know, the, and maybe my company would be around playing a part in that. I don't know, but for the time being, like I say, I think there's a, there, I think there really is a, a kind of a sphere you can call casual VR, maybe um, hmm. if I can use that word. And that's, that's kind of the area I'm toying around in. Yeah. It will. It's the, it, yeah. Well, there's definitely going to be a lot of new terms uh, sprouting out uh, in the future. What, right. what do you think are the you know potential obstacles for widespread adoption of, of virtual reality as a technology as a whole? Well, I think there are, really are some hurdles. I think that um, just a, a couple of ones I, I have thought about is uh, I think one of the issues is that uh, somebody who's got a VR head-mounted display on at that point is kind of disconnected from the real world. And so as far as living room entertainment, you've got this issue where, well, Johnny or Sally is now playing the game and what are the rest of us doing, you know? Uh, so uh, I think that's a bit of a hurdle. And I honestly, frankly, think this product of mine could potentially uh, help a little bit because there's a capability wherein you can be kind of a rift passenger using uh, desktop streaming and kind of sit beside the person who's having the rift experience and see what they're seeing. Mm. So uh, that maybe I've come up with a tiny bit of a solution for the for the problem I've just stated. Um, I think the other kind of issue are sort of the power of the PC required to get the the experiences people are excited about, and then I think there's a whole set of questions that uh, that I you could start with uh, efforts like Second Life and ask the question, well, why isn't Second Life had greater adoption. What what are the problems and concerns there? Maybe it's just you know maybe it needed the immersive kick to to make it something real or the billions of dollars. I don't know, but um, 
you know, I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited about the future, but I'm a little apprehensive about the hurdles. And, and I think everybody is to some degree, and I'm excited about seeing what people come up with solutions for, you know, in this, this time around. What are the worst case scenarios for this industry and the best case scenarios in your mind? Well, I think probably the worst case scenario is this becomes a, you know, basically a military application and it's used for uh, combat simulations and, and that sort of thing. And uh, maybe for high risk. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't I don't think there's any really bad outcomes here. I think the uh, the best scenario is is, uh, you know, potentially the holodeck that we're all imagining from from Star Trek. Right. I mean, where people can, in fact, go on vacation in Greece during a weekend or having that sort of total recall uh, trip to Mars, you know, I think that's, that's exciting. I think there's some real, uh, and I think it's potentially therapeutic. And you talked about some of the medical benefits. I think there's uh, I think there's a lot of unforeseen benefits that are, that are going to come down the road that uh, I'm going to be excited to watch and potentially be a part of hopefully. Yeah, that's, you know, you mentioned the military applications of virtual reality, and, and immediately I think about this article that I saw, uh, I think a week ago, um, about how the Norwegian army is using Ocu the Oculus Rift to uh, to view out outside of a tank. And I, and I yeah, and so, I, you know, so because it, basically when you're driving a tank, uh, I'm no expert, obviously, but their field of view is very, very limited. And so they use the Oculus Rift and cameras outside of the tank to give the tank driver, pilot, I'm not sure how you, what you call them, uh, the ability to have a, a wider field of view, a wider uh, range. And so what I thought I thought about immediately was like, holy moly, um, and, and someone mentioned in the comments that, that was like, this just struck me, you know, really deep where like, this is uh, the first baby step into what will be uh a telerobotically enabled uh military force so yeah, armor warriors right. yeah so someone will be chilling in utah in a trailer in nevada somewhere and they'll have an oculus rift and they'll be driving tanks or boston yes. dynamic robots or drones and here we are uh, and they'll go into you know any any hostile environment and they'll just wreck shit right because all of a sudden here you have this super army of you know because we don't have we don't we don't need uh, artificial intelligence to have like robot armies i mean we could have robot armies without them and this is the first step real telepresence <laughs> take that yeah <laughs> And it's and I feel like it's only gonna it's it's gonna it's gonna happen. Um, it's just it's just I just don't, for obvious reasons I just don't do not see how any military would pass up this opportunity to use telepresence and telerobotics uh, yeah, as a weapon think, of war. Yeah, I think what you mentioned with the tanks, it's really kind of really the next obvious step, right? Is to take the guy out of the tank if he's uh, if the walls aren't a problem anymore so it, step one is what you're talking about really mm -hmm. yeah and then that's that's the you know it's just it's a creepy weird future of warfare kind of thing um where what if what if someone hacks into that tank uh and all of a sudden you, you're not you don't have control over it you know it's yeah it's definitely something that you know uh, we're moving into an era of, you know, the more you know about computers and how to control them and manipulate them, the more you will be able to manipulate the world around you. Um, Can't wait for the movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, who needs the movies when this is uh, happening or about to happen? It's going to be crazy. Right. Yeah. What are the potential benefits for humanity for the holodeck for you? Like, what do you think, you know, how could humanity even benefit from the holodeck? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think that there's a little benefit in all places, a little bit, and I think that you know, I, you can, as I, as we started to talk about later, things like education. I think there's great uh, potential for using uh, these tools in schools for for visualization, even for higher education. Uh, again, the medical uses. Uh, it, it, I can think of surgeries and I mean, there are techniques that are used that are in use today that involve 3d imaging that are just going to become more, uh, more tangible, you know, as you can really kind of put your head inside of a, a, a body and see what the problem is up close, you know, or, 
I think that the I think there are opportunities more of these uh, opportunities. Let's say out in the on the in the space lab, for example. You know, maybe there's uh, maybe there's some potential for uh, for each one of us to kind of spend an hour up in the space lab looking around out the, out the window with our, our Oculus. I don't know. It just goes on and on. I have uh, kind of an endless stream of ideas. Yeah, no, that's going to be, uh, especially when you're talking about space, I just th think about immediately like the m amazing uses that we could use virtual reality to, uh, you know, for example, the book Ready Player One, they mentioned a quick note where like this this kid was a you know he was saying how i could travel you can send me anywhere in the solar system and no matter how long uh, you know i can I'll, I'll be able to fight off and this is where i'm adding my own spiel to it but essentially we'll be able to travel into outer uh, outer space and deep space and we'll be we we will be able to deal with the issue of homesickness and and being away from earth that sort of anxiety be, will be able to deal with it by using the metaverse and virtual reality whereas i'll be in you know one one eight hours of the day i'll be working on the space station or the spaceship or whatever and the other eight hours i'll be hanging out with my family wherever they may be on planet earth and you know it, it it'll get so good that it'll it'll might as well be real life anyways um yeah yeah, that's uh, that's right out there. But I definitely can see that there's an, an advantageous use for that that kind of thing, you know. But it's uh, it definitely is kind of trippy and futuristic right now, seeming. Yeah, what a weird world we're growing. We're, we're like witnessing unravel before us, you know, which is with like smartphones being computers that we hold in our pockets that have the whole human knowledge at, accessible at any given time. It's it's just so yeah. crazy. What are what other technologies are you excited about uh, these days? You know, virtual reality, three D printing, anything else that springs up to well, mind? Those are the principal areas that I've gotten myself involved in. They kind of keep me occupied full time. Mm -hmm. uh, well, let's say part time. I mean, my full time my full time job is in the area of uh, of uh, uh, online learning. So that's uh, another area of interest to me. But um, right now, the next thing I've got to do is understand how to print in PLA because I've mastered ABS, but I don't know how to get this strippy PLA to, to work. So hmm. that's, that's really my next challenge as far as big technologies go. In, in online learning, like why is it taking so long for us to move to a, to a better system of education than we have now? And by, by better system, I would, I would, talk about like utilizing the internet and our current technologies uh, further and deeper into uh into prodding the mind uh and figuring out the better ways to learn um why, well, why do you think it's taking so long i think that it's like a lot of things it takes a while for these things to evolve i mean it's uh you know i mentioned i mentioned how five or six or eight years ago i got first involved with virtual reality and the tools available to build uh, any kind of environment back then were really kind of sad compared to what you have today with the Unreal Engine and Unity. It's kind of a miraculous how fast things have developed over a few years. And I think the same thing is really happening with the online learning courseware. People are learning learning ways now to build really targeted learning uh, scenarios where um, in some cases, you can have really adaptive uh, capabilities where as you're being taught, the system is understanding where your strengths and weaknesses are as you go and dynamically adjust the content uh, to suit uh, your pace. I mean, this is coming along. This is being developed now uh, in a couple of organizations. Uh, I think the work that Khan Academy has done is kind of amazing, really, as mm -hmm. far as uh, sort of a worldwide network of, of courses for younger people so this stuff like a lot of things is coming and coming on pretty quickly i think that uh, really if you think about it the internet kind of in its current shape and form is to my mind really only been around i would say like 10 years right i mean 10 years ago facebook didn't exist mm -hmm. and you know the amount of stuff that's out there right now is kind of mind-boggling that relies on and is propelled by and depends on the internet so uh, I think like every area, every discipline, uh, I think things are going to get better and improve. And I think that I think more and more people are going to have really acceptable and really quality education in very uh, trying areas of the world, you know. 
So I think it's improving. Yeah. Will we see? Will we see the death of schools in our lifetime? Uh, well, or or is it or is it something about having a human in front of your in front of you, literally in front of you, that that will, won't ever go away? Um, you know, I don't want to say the schools will never be go away, but I mean, you we've been we've been sitting here and talking about sort of futures that involve, you know, being someplace that you're not, and it's you know. You've got virtual cinemas. I think the next step is virtual classrooms. It's really not crazy to imagine where you can have a, a human teacher attending to human students, but using technology that's enabled by the internet, uh, where people, where again the kids can get individual attention, but uh, but their their advancements are amplified by the capabilities uh, that are you know that I've described before that are you know as far as the uh, the learning uh, systems that are used. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good point. I you know because I think about how virtual reality will will impact education, and you know, it, I don't think it's going to get rid of teachers. Um, it, but I think it'll because you you know for example if 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 I'm a if I'm a school teacher I'm a fourth grade I have a fourth grade fourth grade class and I want to show them um, Rome and we go down and and we go put on HMD and we. Uh, travel to Rome, uh, quote unquote, uh, two thousand years ago, and 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 look, kids, there's Julius Caesar. Oh, he's getting stabbed, and and you, so you need someone, I guess, human to be able to uh, just just con add context to the virtual yeah. experience around the kids, for example. I think that's just. I think that's just a societal structure. I think it's just the, the way adults and kids need to interact, anyways, irrespective of kind of the context. But mm -hmm. you know, I think the picture you just painted is kind of exciting. I think that's really kind of a, definitely a cool idea. Even before classrooms are say gone, yeah. you got thirty kids strapping on the glasses and having an experience all together. You know, that's kind of exciting. But I think by and large. You know, as we try to come up with ways to not have to waste gasoline and travel needlessly, and uh, we can use these technologies to replace that without, you know, really losing anything along the way, I, I, I think it's all great, you know. I agree. I mean, I, more of my day-to-day -day work, I do more and more of that over the Internet. I'm less and less face-to-face -face involved with people, but I feel every bit as connected as I've ever been, so... Yeah, do you think uh, we'll be more connected because of virtual reality and the, the incoming uh, metaverse, or, or do you think it's going to disconnect us even more somehow? Well, I think everybody's different. I think that uh, I think there's some people are going to gravitate towards this, and for some people it's probably going to become uh, potentially an issue, you know, where they're spent uh, just maybe too much of their time in, in a non-real. I mean, this happens right now with Second Life. You've heard the stories. Mm -hmm. People getting completely absorbed in this stuff. I think that uh, I think that different people are going to be affected differently by it. Um, you know, it depends on whether you're really kind of a social creature anyways. I think, you know, younger people, by and large, are going to be wanting to do these kind of social interactions, I think, online. But I also think, like I've mentioned before, I think there are kind of business uses also. I think that just the whole idea of meetings and corporate travel and that sort of tedium can uh, just sort of that day-to-day -day stuff that, uh, that can also be addressed by it. Like I said, I, you know, you mentioned other areas of interest. I have used the word telepresence a couple of times. I really do think that's a specific area of, of, uh, of a research and endeavor that's, that's going to ex explode as well in the future. Really, the idea of you sitting in a room with other people and being able to feel like you are directly interacting with those humans via uh, some display technology and a puppet that's sitting in, in the remote location or, you know, whatever's the right solution in the next five or 10 years. But I think that's, that's also exciting. Yeah, it definitely is. What is, you know, I, I was reading an article a little bit ago just for fun uh, where there was this uh, Fox News commentator, uh, you know, quote unquote, uh, some doctor guy, psychology guy, um, talking about how, you know, virtual reality is this, is this, he was referring to it as this new technological drug. Um, and, and I want to get your thoughts on, on, are you creating a gateway drug, so to speak, to, uh, to virtual reality? And, and, you know, just in general, do you see this? You know, do you even agree with the with the with the uh, idea that technology can be a drug? 
Yeah, no, I think what I've done is only like half a hip. But uh, <laughs> uh, honestly, I think that I do think that there is a, a potential problems. I mean, like anything else, I think that uh, it's kind of the concerns you might have about are kind of the obvious concerns of people adopting personalities that aren't theirs. And, uh, uh, you know, the only analog I have really is again, second life and thinking about this. I didn't spend a lot of time in second life, but I was familiar with some people who really got very absorbed into that and really started imagining that they, that that was part of their real world, you know, and I'll even take it back a step. I think, you know, I think about, uh, you know, I'm a real, I'm really into the uh, the game Unreal Tournament. I don't know, the Unreal Tournament series by Apple. Oh, yeah, I love it. I love that game. And I've played it for years and years and years. And it's kind of funny. I have not played almost any of that using head-mounted displays. But over the years, I feel like I've been and visited places that don't exist, that are real in my head. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's, I guess it's that sort of, you can really build up imaginary worlds that, that are quite real in your mind. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, if you start having very immersive environments and you have Rosedale's high fidelity and you have, you know, uh, expressions, and I saw something on Reddit about whether or not we're going to capture tears coming out of your eye. I mean, really, it's going to be a place to get lost in if it really achieves any of this, right? Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna have to be pulling the plug on some people potentially. You know. How do you how do we decide whether someone needs to have their 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 plug pulled? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Uh, the the bottles run out or something. I yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, the, yeah, it's a yeah, su- anyway. super interesting subject. You know, and talking about like how VR spaces are are in our memories are, are actual spaces. Like I don't for for example, all my memories of being inside virtual reality, I don't here's what I think I, I what I'm what I what I remember are actual places that I was in. You know, like I just don't have I, I don't cognizantly cognizantly think that oh, I you know, that memory is of me seeing this, you know, screen through two, through, by, in, okay. in a side-by-side way with two lenses. No, it's it's actually like, you know, because I feel like the human brain is really easy to trick. <laughs> we, we give, you know, for for us, the human brain being like, what, the most powerful, uh, you know, processing machine in our own known universe. And yet it's so easy to trick, like... That's it, it's just going to be so crazy because, you know, my memories of being inside VR, those places were pla- like act- from, for all I care, they were actual places. That's my point. Yep. Yeah. And, and that was like and, and so, I, you know, I wonder, like, what is what will that how will that impact our, our, our society? Like, you know, will, will people start sh- shutting themselves in? Will will uh, will that have you know, I'm sure there's going to be a spectrum, though. Like, there's going to be the positive and the negative. We're just going to get it all. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, I mean, it's going to be forces at play, too. I mean, there's going to be, you know, there's a lot of dollars involved now. So what kind of advertising forces are going to be wanting to pull you back into these environments where, mm. you know, maybe, you know, your eyesight and your gaze is valuable, you know. Uh, so it's there's, there's just a lot of factors, a lot of forces at play. Yeah, indeed. No, it's that's true. Now that yeah, there's there's that much more incentive to keep you inside because yeah, then we can monitor your behavior. We can see what you like, what you don't like. Oh, uh, you know, how do we, you know, how do we market better? Yeah. Does that creep you out, or are you are you ready for this future? Um, well, I mean, I you know, I don't really let anything creep me out. I I, I think I'm you know I try to be sort of defensive about it and see what's coming and imagine what the potential for abuse is. I personally am, am not worried about these things. And, but I mean, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't obsess over them. This is, I think my, my concerns are not about the problems that are going to happen with VR. It's more about the really solving tricky problems, you know, like yeah. just locomotion and, and uh, control systems. These are, these are just as uh, these are just as tricky issues, I think, to, to concern yourselves with, you know. But uh, 
But I do, you know, I think it, I think it's a valid uh, area to talk about. Is is that uh, if this becomes very addictive and compelling, and uh, and you know makes somebody's life happier, you know, when they step through the uh, through the, the looking glass, then you know, then it becomes like a drug, you know, what you mentioned. So uh, uh, it, it it'll be interesting. Yeah. All I know is that my body is ready. Uh, in terms of uh, thinking about like uh, input device, or, or, or you know, are, are you also thinking about like because I, I wonder like, you know, how how much further can can we take this uh, viewer, this 3D viewer? Can we actually browse the web? Can we actually uh, browse through my Android? Um, uh, you know, my Android interface with it. And, 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 you know, and I wonder like, you know, are you thinking about like a, a controller or something that, that might help, uh, complement, uh, the manipulation of, of objects, uh, with, with this? You know, I mean, I think the first problem is you got to get it out of your hands. And so that's kind of the sort of the next first step is, is how do I get my hands back? And then, mm -hmm. um, uh, the, uh, probably the only bit of uh, technology I've considered with respect to the, the this viewer product is um, I, I do think that there are issues with Android latency on the gyroscope, and I'm curious to know whether or not potentially those problems can be solved by an, by an outboarded, uh, you know, uh, the, let's say gyro that, that could be built into the head-mounted display, mm -hmm. potentially, maybe have lower latency. So... I mean that's something I've looked at a little bit. I'm not very much of a hardware person, but it would be ways to to enhance or improve, uh, in the short term, any kind of uh, you know orientation and positional tracking stuff. If there's a solution, I'd like to understand what it might be. But uh, you know, and and as as well, I I think that uh, I'd like to do some more research to understand really what the issues are with the Android. In all cases, it has. Uh, latency problems if you use any of the applications that depend on fast reactions anything on android there's just a poor delay compared to say uh ios yeah but, uh, you know so that maybe is an area where i could you know i've done a little bit of unix driver work so i would look at that you know definitely yeah, no, well, this is this has been a very enlightening conversation. This this about uh, uh sort of have to end it, but I I really I gotta wish you luck with with your product, and I'm excited for what you're bringing to the table. Um, how can people stay in touch? How can people support what you're doing? You know, all that good stuff. Well, you can go to Yay3D and see the product that I'm selling. I'm easy to get. It's just Scott at Yay3D.com. That'll get to me and. Uh, I'm happy to talk to anything about anybody about anything in this uh, in this area we've been discussing. Cool. All the uh, links to uh, are you on Twitter by the way? Uh, uh, yeah, I think Yay3D is on Twitter also. Cool. So so all the links uh, to to Scott and Yay3D and the viewer will be on the show notes. Um, Scott, Mr. Doctor 3D, it's been a, quite the pleasure. You are a true scholar and gentleman of virtual reality. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, you too, Chris. Thanks a lot. It's been a lot of fun.